following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome into Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined by Tyler Palmatier, and we are back in studio today with a little bit of a different show, Tyler, after the news that came down last week that the TSSAA, uh, under certain parameters, is permitting name, image, and likeness payments. So we are going to delve into that, um, and, and we're going to bring on Blackman, coach, uh, Blackman football coach Chandler Tiger to help us do that. We're also going to dive into some basketball storylines and uh, touch on that since basketball is now in full swing. And eventually our show will transition into more of a basketball show, but we're not there just yet. We, we wanted to address this news and, um, and, and everything that kind of surrounds that. So, Tyler, you ready to get going? Yep, let's do it. All right. Before we do that, uh, I want to remind everybody that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. All right. Let's bring in Blackman football coach Chandler Tiger now. Chandler, we appreciate you being with us today. Yeah, guys, appreciate y'all having me. So last week, Chandler, the Tito Vista Blay came down with the with the big ruling there that they're going to allow NIL payments now under certain situations to high school athletes. What was your kind of initial reaction when that news came across? Uh, I guess the first part was we were surprised uh, that they we knew it was going to be probably passed for about a month. Uh, we knew that uh, they were going to vote on it. Um, I was surprised that it was a unanimous vote uh, to approve it, and then it, it was able to start immediately. Um, that was also surprising, as opposed to saying, hey, it's going to be approved, but you know, here's going to be the uh, rules and regulations. It was pretty generalized. Um, I know why the state did it. Uh, they, were, they were fear of litigation. Uh, we're, the, we're now the 20th state. Uh, to pass NIL uh, for high school players, but so they were afraid of that. But just for it just to be uh, ready, set, go, and here's no, uh, they've got the general rules, but there's no specifics uh, which we can get into uh, as to what you can and cannot do. That that's surprising, at least. Chandler, this is Tyler. Uh, uh, did you could the schools have used a little heads up in this situation? Chandler, can you hear me all right now? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. uh, could, would yeah, you guys have uh, liked some heads up just with a chance to plan? Well, I mean, most of us that kind of have followed this uh, over the course of years, you know, we knew it was going to come down. Uh, we knew it was going to be voted on, and we've known for about a month. Uh, the surprising part was there was no real uh, detail to the policy. You know, so they passed IL. Uh, basically, they say that, you know, um, Kids are allowed to the, the kids that make shirt company, for example. Uh, we actually had a regular student uh, in sports who had one of those last year, and the students would buy sweatshirts and wear them around school. And a player, basketball player, you know, softball, uh, you wouldn't be able to do that in some school, or it would be a violation of the amateurism policy that TWSAA had. Uh, Centered around and started, but at the same time, when it comes out, um, they don't necessarily go into all the details. 
and uh, what you can and cannot do, uh, especially when it comes to social media or the majority. Sounds like we may have lost Chandler there, but uh, it's you know that he's bringing up an interesting point. While we try to get him back on the phone, um, oh, we got you back now, Chandler. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? Okay, good. Yeah, you're sounding a little better now. Um, okay. So, Chandler, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, as far as who this affects, it it seems like on the just kind of on the outside looking in that, you know, the star recruits with large social media following stand to benefit the most, but I know you've coached in a lot of different environments, a lot of different size schools and different markets. Um, what about maybe the local star in a, in a small town environment? How, how might he or she benefit from this rule? And maybe even maybe if it's in a smaller way than some of the, the big names might. Yeah. I mean, I got some calls actually that night uh, because, you know, the, the day it was approved, uh, seven or eight of our kids already had deals and were ready to go and all that. So I, I got some calls from even like a single A school and, you know, what can we do uh, to benefit? And I think it's, it's just good to, to partner, you know, with your with your businesses in your community. Uh, it might even you could argue it could be better in a small community to where you've got closer relationships and you know you've got a big business one big business there in town they partner with a star quarterback and um you know we played a school earlier this year where, where the quarterback was on a uh was on a car commercial you know and that was he didn't get paid or anything um but you know it was just now you can pay that kid a little bit to, to do that and i think in small communities actually it's going to be really neat since the since you've seen about seven or eight, you said uh, on day one, which on an NIL, NIL specialist from a, a company called Open Doors uh, said that's the most they had seen at the high school level on the first day that it was passed, which is kind of interesting, Chandler. But um, oh, from you, us? <laughs> well, not just from you, but I think the whole state. Uh, you know, if you guys had seven or eight, I bet there must have been maybe closer to a dozen on day one in Tennessee, or or double digits, or close to something like that. But. Uh, Question being, since you've seen a couple of these, how much like annual income do you see foresee for, say, a year's worth of an NIL deal for a player? I mean, are you able to help put a number of that to people as to maybe how much this is or how much or how little this is going to be worth to them? I think the majority of the deals, guys, are going to be very small, um, you know. Uh, and, and this is the hard part is I'm not even sure because I'm a, I'm a school employee what I'm allowed to even know or discuss. And, um, you know, I'm not supposed to be a part of any of those conversations and we're not, um, you know, so all seven, seven, eight of those were taking place outside of outside of us. Um, so, you know, technically we don't even are supposed to find out what they're making. Um, I put a letter of the law, uh, but just from, you know, overhearing stuff, I think it's going to be small for the most part, but what they've also done is open the door for major deals to be done um, by businesses and then their tax write-offs for those businesses to then try to affect uh, their local football program. So uh, you can see some major things go down um, legally now, that as opposed to where um, some of those things might have gone down in the past in other states and other places illegally, now they're legal. And, but the majority of them, if it's done the right way for the intent of the rule, is going to be small. And it's like for that kid that I mentioned that had his sweatshirt business or a kid that gives private lessons or tutoring, uh, you know, one of our players could go out and give – uh, he's signing a, a power five scholarship so he could go out and have a little kids camp, um, you know, with, you know, seven, eight, nine year olds and actually, you know, profit a little bit off of that camp. It's not going to be major dollars, I don't think, but uh, that doesn't close the door on major dollar deals to be done.
Chandler, you mentioned you were surprised on just how quickly some of these NIL offers started coming out. I think Tyler and I, we're going to discuss that in a few minutes. And we were, we were pretty surprised too, just on the speed, but clearly that shows that there was a market here for this. There was some, some pent up interest in different businesses part, partnering with, with athletes. I mean, is that, is that something that you think has maybe been a, been something that's been on the minds of businesses for a while, wanting this kind of local partnership and, um, uh, it's a couple things, probably. I mean, you see, uh, the first of all, all these businesses that came out originally and wanted to be the first ones, they knew it was going to get picked up and talked about. Um, and so, you know, the diet is passed. You see, you know, the first NIL deal in, in state of Tennessee history, and it, it gets retweeted and put all over the uh, social media. And so, you know, that that's kind of part of it when they initially hit, you know, everybody wanted to be first. Um, and then the second part is I do think there is some market and I do think, uh, you know, football and the interest is, is only growing. And it's a trickle down effect from colleges, whether that's, you know, coaches salaries or how fast coaches are released. And, um, you know, in the state of Georgia, I think 10 to 15 coaches were fired the Monday after they didn't make the playoffs. Um, and you know, you're starting to see all that trickle down stuff from college. And uh, of course it's coming to high school and, but you, we should have seen this coming for years with the travel baseball leagues and, and seven on seven competitions and, and the dollars that are being, it's getting crazier and crazier and it's starting younger and younger. Yeah. And some people are going to say Chandler, that this is going to ramp up the recruitment and the enticement of transfers in high school when that's already so prevalent. Are there potential problems there? I would argue that that's already happening, um, not because of NIL. Uh, and, and the same teams will benefit off of getting triggers of the NIL deals and make some things uh, perfectly legal that, that otherwise wouldn't have been. But at the same time, I would argue, look at college football. The same top five recruiting programs are Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M. Uh, they were the top five in recruiting before NIL was passed, and they're still top five in recruiting after NIL was passed. So I do think six months from now, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff will die down, and it'll just go back to um, – you know, the, the same teams that have been dominant will continue to be dominant. And you might have one or two that can use this as a, as a way to, um, you know, bolster their program, especially with the, the businesses there in town or a new business moving in, you know, might be able to do so. But um, I don't think it's going to be the, the grand, uh, you know, high school football as we know it is over that some people are arguing. Chandler, we're going to switch gears on you for, for these last couple of questions, if that's all right. And, um, obviously yesterday, the passing of Mississippi state coach, Mike Leach, that was felt in basically all corners of the football world. And I know you run an, an up-tempo, no huddle, no huddle spread offense that it really has a lot of the same goals of the air raid to wear the defense down, to, to run as many snaps as possible. I, I'm curious, did you derive any of the concepts or anything that you, that you do now from the air raid offense? Uh, yeah, it's, it's curious you asked me that. Um, so honestly, Mike Leach has a lot to do with why I'm in, uh, coaching football, uh, my, my old family members, when I told them I wanted to be a, a football coach for a profession, uh, they told me, you know, hey, you never played college football. Uh, that's going to be unlikely for you. And, and Mike Leach was one of the stories in the books and, and all the stuff. Uh, as another guy who never played college football at a high level, that became uh, a high-level football coach for a job. Um, so a lot of that had to, do, had to do with me getting into coaching. 
and, uh, you know, encouraging me to do so. I was fortunate to meet him a couple times, um, you know, in, in my career. And then uh, we've taken a lot of the offense uh, from the air raid, you know, our four bird concept or wide cross, uh, all of our drop back progressions. I mean, it, it's pure air raid from, from day one. Um, a lot of the spacing stuff we do in formations and splits. And it's uh, the <laughs> – how much that that man has meant to uh, to all of college football is actually you know it's it's crazy and it takes someone to pass away early for everyone to come out of the woodwork and and kind of explain you know hey I've only met this person twice but here's the effect on me um, you know I'm not sure if I would even be coaching if I didn't have somebody like that 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 kind of went through a different uh, different path and they're not afraid to be themselves and you know we've definitely you guys know we've done things very different here at Blackman and I'm very different from a lot of the coaches that are that are around in high school football and it, it takes somebody like that that's so successful that's not afraid to do that it kind of sets the example for the rest of us um random pass so unfortunate and then at the same time you know we've got uh Justin Brown who's committed to Mississippi State and you know you the nature of that business you know I've been there um it can it can change that's unfortunate so we're hoping everything works out uh, including their coaches and you know coaches families you've got guys down there uh, that were extremely close with coach leach and now even their job employment is kind of up in the air until everything gets uh gets settled yeah so many angles of the impact that really stretches all the way down to high school russell because of what he just mentioned there's guys right here in our area that were part of that recruiting class and and then you think about just the, I don't even, I think we all knew Mike Leach was unique and dynamic and just a gem, but I don't know that we all were appreciated maybe how big his life was until this happens, which is an unfortunate kind of just part of life that we don't get that context until later. Um, switching back to your guys' team, Chandler, how much this last season uh, really was a culmination of things that the offensive system working and having the guys in it that were, that were fit for it between, you know, Reisner, Justin Brown um, and Marshall. Uh, how, how much fun was that just to see it all kind of reach a, a point where it was all working and it was, um, it was very successful and had you guys win games. Yeah, I mean, obviously we had a blast uh, last year. It was one of the most most fun seasons in coaching I've ever had. Uh, same for our staff. But honestly, the year before, I mean, we went five and five and kind of set the foundation for what we're going to do. And we still had a blast. Uh, so we said, you know, going into this year, win or lose, you know, how we do, we're going to have more fun than anybody in the state. And, and I think we accomplished that and, and did a lot of good things. Um, you know, I think we, we finally hit uh, 27 school records in two years. And, um, you know, to be able to do so many things statistically and two two Mr. Football finalists for the first time or semifinalists for the first time in school history and you know, Justin to be there for the Mr. Football Awards and you know all these kids signing scholarships and accolades and you know hopefully uh, you know our assistant coaches are now getting um, you know recommendations for head coaching jobs and coordinator jobs you know it's, it's kind of neat just to see everything that we believed in uh, that was so different from, from the previous staff and really everyone else around here um, that you can have success uh, having a lot of fun and doing things differently and being yourself. And, you know, it's um, culture wise, it's just, is totally different, but um, you know, everyone, everybody's seeing this success on the field. It does give some legitimacy to what you're doing and it's not all just flash and hype and social media and Twitter. Uh, there's actual substance behind what you're, what you're doing.
doing and uh, you're affecting these kids. And even the ones that don't go to college football, you know, they're prepared, uh, you know, for college or for whatever job they want to do out of high school. And hopefully they've learned a lot of lessons, uh, you know, that they've been here for the last two years with us. Chandler, congratulations on that successful season. And we appreciate you joining us today to, to get into some NIL and Mike Leach and everything else that, that we talked about. So thanks again for being here and we really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for all y'all do for covering uh, us. I mean, you guys covered us a lot this year and um, y'all do a tremendous job. So just keep it up and it's very exciting. And all of our kids love reading all your, all your uh, articles and all that stuff each week. Appreciate it, Chandler. We, thanks, guys. All right, that has been Blackman football coach Chandler Tigard. Apologies there. I think, unfortunately, his connection was was a little tough there at times, but I think we got the gist of what he was saying. A lot of good stuff there on NIL, Mike Leach, and, and his offense and everything. So uh, we are going to take a quick break and then come back with some more NIL discussion after this. Drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. As promised, we are back with some more NIL discussion. And Tyler, uh, you were there when this all went down last week at the TWSAA Legislative Council meeting. Uh, just kind of take people through maybe just a brief overview of what happened there and, and what, you know, what has happened since, really. Yeah, there was a pretty good discussion about it. I think they had all the feedback they kind of needed with the overwhelming support of administrators. They they pulled the trigger pretty quick, which I think you can make arguments on both sides. One, a few guidelines would have been nice. Uh, draw up a few um, and just be able to at least include those. There's some specifics which uh, Chandler mentioned that people still don't know. But I think what this looks like is kind of like the things that have happened at the NCAA level where it's like NIL happens. Uh, there's a, a lot more transfer freedom. And for a hot minute there, it's just it's the Wild West. I mean, everybody was so nervous in those first few months when these big changes happened at the NCAA level. It, for a minute, it, it is uh, the Wild West. Um, so it's uh, wow. Big news here coming across the board. Uh, thanks to our producer, Billy Derrick. What what a get for the University of Tennessee football program. Uh, Arion Carter. The, the Smyrna linebacker uh, slash just athlete uh, has, has committed to the to the Vols. So that that's a big development. He just announced that uh, live at um at Smyrna High School. So that's really big, Russell. I, uh, yeah, who would have thought that, you know, a year and a half ago, Tennessee would be taking prospects away from Alabama? I mean, Nick huge. Saban was just in – wrote about it last week at Mr. Football Awards. I mean, Nick Saban was just in Arion Carter's living room last week. I mean, that's pretty hard to turn down. He turned down some good programs. Uh, I mean, that list was long, um, the, the best programs from the top conferences in the country. So a big get for Josh Heupel. But kind of going back to this, there weren't a whole lot of specifics or uh, – you know, there were very – I don't know, not loose parameters. There was like one or two. You just can't support your school on a t-shirt 
or uh, name them or include them in the promotion of your stuff, which is actually pretty simple to follow. But like Chandler said, how much can you talk about it? How much are coaches allowed to talk about it with players? Uh, they don't know that yet, but I think there's sort of an umbrella for safety there. Those rules haven't been created yet. So how can you break a rule or an amendment that hasn't happened? And I think maybe the TSSAA's thought process here was, look, we're going to pass this. Let's let the Wild West period fo- unfold. We're going to have a board of control meeting in literally a month in January to discuss what's going on. And then sort of by chance, there's going to be a special meeting to that they're going to hold about the sanctioning of lacrosse on January 15th. So if they wanted to amend this rule at that time, I suppose they could. It's a special meeting that was called. I don't know all the specifics and whether or not you can make those decisions in a special meeting. But if you're having one, I I would just think that you could. So what? We have a one-month period where there's some uncertainty and there's rules that haven't been made that people could potentially break. A lot of questions are going to come out of this. Then all of a sudden in January, you're nipping that in the bud and you're just moving on something that that was going to happen. Yeah, and, and real high level here, Tyler, let's talk maybe why this happened. Uh, of course, like Chandler was talking about, really is a trickle down from the college level. Of course, last summer in 2021, there was the, um, the antitrust case that went to the Supreme Court and the court sided with the athletes and said that, hey, the NCAA had uh, violated antitrust laws uh, in allowing, um, you know, and not allowing athletes to make money off their name, image and likeness. And so, um Really, when you think about it, just at its basic level, anybody that's maybe doesn't understand this or, or it disagrees with it, at a basic level, you know, our country was founded on free market principles. That's still how we operate. And so, if high schools and and college athletes um, can make money, and we're, we're stopping them from doing that, that is kind of anti-American when you think about it that way. Yeah, and it just uh, the the precedent for litigation has already been set because of that, like you said. So they're automatic. All of a sudden, there's a big risk for the high school associations, which I think the NFHS finally said, look, they they kind of – one year, I, I it might have been 2021, uh, they came out very firmly against NIL. They don't want it in there. A year later, the, the tune completely changed. I think the litigation part, mm-hmm. uh, the legality part is what changed them. And last thing here, I, I know we want to get to some quick basketball nuggets, but – I think it's just important for equitable reasons. Uh, Kids should just be allowed to make money within moral boundaries without it being a crime, just like everybody else and everybody else in their school. Um, For years, I mean, the the big associations, they make money and pay people because of the athletes and the sports being played. Businesses make money off them. Like Chandler said, something I hadn't thought about. Little League, people are trainers are making money off these kids, taking money from them to to train them, I'm not saying that's in every situation that's wrong. Certainly, I think some trainers are legit. Some definitely aren't. But people are, even at the high school level, making money off youth and amateur athletics. So it's just only fair for them to get to do that. I've also kind of made the point that what's wrong with letting a kid run a small business about their specialty in high school? At the end of the day, it's an educational opportunity to get to do that. So that's kind of where I fall on it. Most of those are opinions for me, but... um I do think it's beneficial that they're going to get to revisit this quickly in a month at the board of control meeting to maybe address some issues. Well, we'll see how that all shakes out. But for now, like you said, it's the wild West and there are NIL offers and announcements flying everywhere. So we'll kind of see and and monitor that uh, moving forward. But uh, before we get out of here today, we're going to take one more quick break and then do a basketball check-in and let you know how some, some things are going on the, on the hardwood.
It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. It was just a few cocktails at happy hour. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good try. There aren't any cops around. I didn't think there were any cops around. I drink and drive all the time. Sir. Sir, you've been in a serious crash. I'm gonna hang on, okay? With all the football stuff that's been going on, we really haven't had a chance to touch on basketball a whole lot yet, Tyler. So we appreciate the basketball crowd for being patient with us, but we promised your time is coming and we are going to talk a little bit right now about hoops. And uh, I think something that's already stuck out to me just when I was looking at records and everything was um, kind of the the thought, the question popped in my head, like, hey, Metro football, Metro Nashville football was a much higher level this year. A lot of teams made the playoffs. A lot of teams went deep in the playoffs. Pearl Cone and East Nashville are both in Blue Cross Bowl. I'm kind of wondering if the same thing might happen with basketball. And you look at some of these records, Hillsborough sitting there at 7-0 and uh, with some some big wins over Innsworth, Blackman, Stewart's Creek, Ravenwood. And then uh, another point we've got here, too, is Hillwood uh, beat Cane Ridge and Pope Prep. They're 6-2, and two, and they're playing 7-1 and one Antioch uh, on Thursday night. So I'm, I'm kind of curious if maybe some new teams are going to emerge this year that we hadn't heard from in a little while. Yeah, I think Hillsborough is going to be pretty good uh, in the playoffs last year. They just looked young, and but super talented. And then, of course, you know, East Nashville brings back uh, a good core. Pearl Cone brings back pretty much all its guys from last year. And then uh, MLK I, brings back some pieces, too. That was a group that made it to a, a sectional last year. So, yeah, that's a great point. Um, you know, Hillsborough's schedule has been pretty good. I mean, those wins are all solid. Um, you got Thaddeus Johnson averaging 21.2 points per game. Um, some good talent there. Uh Look, I'd say look out for Rossview, six and two, uh, beat Brentwood Academy. Uh, a lot yeah. of guys right on the cusp of averaging double figures. You got uh, Landon Hankmeyer at twelve points per game, Cam Ward at eleven and a half. Um, yeah, that's a that's a great team. And then, uh, kind of on the girls' side, <laughs> Blackman is just drilling everybody, bringing back its top two uh, scores and players from last year uh, in uh, Emily Monson uh, and uh, Kalen Flowers. Flowers at thirteen point four points per game, and and Monson not too far back the Purdue signing at 12.7 so uh the wins early every at wins by 20 plus points over cookville uh web school beach and cpa all all really good wins there wow the, the web school one surprises me that team is totally stacked with division one signees that's mm-hmm. that's a good win right there uh speaking of division one signees over at good pasture isaiah west who signed with vanderbilt is back in action after his season ending knee injury last year that basically cost him all of his junior season and uh, I got to see him play last week against Hunter's Lane, and he's kind of doing something a little bit different this year. He's playing point guard, and I uh, understand that Vanderbilt is interested in having him play some point guard when he gets there. So this is great practice for him, and really it fits his skill set because um, you know there's sometimes other players on the floor that might be the go-to scorer, um, but he's just a, a really great all-around player. He can set other people up. He can rebound. He can play defense. And so having him there at the point kind of allows him to be really in control of what's happening, and he's having a a nice season so far. So good to see him back. Uh, good to see basketball back. And I think we're, we're both excited to kind of see how things shake out, especially once Janu- January rolls around and we're really all in on hoops coverage by that point. Yeah. People need to understand how good of a distributor uh, Isaiah West is. Uh, sometimes the numbers don't even show it. Russell, like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not at a, du- he's not a double digit assist guy per game, but uh, the way he runs the floor or just uh, op- op- is kind of the general out there is really good. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that is going to do us do us for today on Main Street Preps this week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We will be back same time, same place next week here on the show. So we'll see you then.